0: Welcome home to the Sanctuary A place of rest for the broken and weary Where you can let go Cause you're fully known Fuck forever daddy Oh how we love you so I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship We pray the following message will be encouraging to you Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion And discover the joy of a relationship
1: with the Creator
2: Somebody say, good morning. Good morning. Five years. Man. Man. I love to start with a quote. Here's our quote this morning. Just make your way in. Find, a, find some space underneath a fan and you'll be a little better. We have three... Two-ton units, we're working on getting a couple more to really make it cool in here, but that's a lot of dough, amen? So we're doing it in steps. So, some, so for this part of the year, you might have to sweat a little with me, amen? Instead of just watching me sweat. Here's a quote this morning. They, there are two great days in a person's life. The day we're born, and the day we discover why. Oh, man. Man. I want to take a break from our Genesis series because, as you just learned, maybe some of you, five years ago, July 17th, 2005, we opened the doors of our home and had our first church service and we haven't made a big deal about the others but um but this week I felt five years was a big deal I I I was a bit overwhelmed that by the thought of everything that's taken place and everything that we've experienced everything that we've gone through and had to overcome And, I mean, we've grown so close. We've come to know so many new families. It feels like we've been at this for 15 years. Amen? I can't imagine that only five years ago, uh, we were doing a... I was doing a home group in the worst part of Brooklyn. Just to be close to this double-edged family that lived all out in Brooklyn. I remember going the first home group. I went to a a pizzeria and and i have this uncanny ability that when i walk into a room people think i'm a police officer so i walked into this pizza shop in brooklyn which had bulletproof glass a pizzeria and and i slid my two dollars underneath the glass and they slid the pizza under the glass but but when i walked in everyone stopped talking people were mid-chew just Like what could you possibly have been discussing at the pizzeria that the policeman can't hear? But anyway, though I, I can't believe that it was it was it's only been five years since I've known Freddie and Stacy and Ephraim, and Margie and Jason. I I can't believe that I can't imagine that in these five years, man, we've met so many new families and 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 we've we've ran three or four marriage groups in people's homes. Hey Amen. Who who's a part of that, man? Just Wow! And in these marriage groups, we met Sandy and Laura and, and, and all of Laura's family, all her kids and friends and, the, and friends' kids and kids' friends. Amen? We've had so many weddings, so many funerals. We've been through so much together with so many of you that it can't possibly be five years, but it is. And I can hardly believe it. And I was looking at some stats and, and, you know, these will scare you to death if you read them before you actually step out in faith. But it, it, there, there, there's something like 68% of churches close their doors forever by year four. It becomes such a burden financially that they just can't do it. Can I tell you that year five, we're a debt-free church still? Amen? Debt-free. Wow! God is good. God is so good. Hey, each year, 3,500 to 4,000 churches close their doors forever. And only 1,500 churches open. So, I mean, you, you do that math and you figure out. And so, I, I wanted to take some time this morning to rejoice in this milestone, amen? Let me, let me tell you why though. Because when I look at the pictures, when I see the faces, when I remember the stories, I get so excited that, and and I think about the lives that God has restored, redeemed, and who are now ready. And that's the title of this message, restored, redeemed, and ready. And and when I start to think about that, I think, man, I I could go for 50 more. Amen? Amen. I could go for 50 more. Anybody with me? Amen. So, I I don't want to take time this morning. Don't don't get it kind of twisted. I don't want to take time this morning to celebrate us. But I do want to take time this morning to celebrate God. Amen. To celebrate what God has done. Because, listen, listen. The, me and the little team that, that, that was sent out to start this church, I can honestly tell you from the bottom of my heart, we are not smart enough to do what has been done. Amen? Can, can those with me say amen? We, we didn't know enough, we didn't have enough resources. We didn't, we didn't have enough wisdom, not any of that. We didn't have, we, there was no way that we could have done what God has done. And so this morning we're celebrating God, amen? amen? And so I was looking through the lists of, of all the messages that God has given me to share throughout these years. And I mean, when I look through some of those titles, I just want to thank you guys for sticking with me and still being here. I preached a message series titled, I'm Bringing Salty Back. You remember that? How'd you guys endure that? I don't know. But thank you. Thank you. And so I went all the way back through the first message. And it was the message I preached in my own living room. And that first message was a message about restoration. Definitely, you know, it was something that God had been dealing with me and dealing with a, with a bunch of us through. And, you know, it's about taking things that, ha- that maybe have been worn down, that have been used up, that have been broken or taken advantage of. And the awesome thing about it is that when things are restored, they're usually worth more. Amen? You can go buy a, a brand new Mustang today for what, 25, 30 grand? But try to buy a 1969 restored Mustang. It'll cost you 60, 70, 80 grand. He said, but wait a minute. It don't got, it don't got ABS. It don't got anti lock. It don't got airbags. It has no digital technology. But it does. When something is restored, it has more value. Amen? See, because restoration is about messed up things being fixed. Anybody get excited? It's about broken things being repaired. It's about maybe recognizing the value in something that's been overlooked, underappreciated, or underutilized. Anybody ever felt that way in the body of Christ? And so the scripture verse that I read to that first group of people in my living room, and that I want to share with you today, is found in Isaiah 35 if you have your bibles if you would turn there man i i would love for you to kind of read this along with me and and please you know bear in mind with me thank you my brother um i never read long passages to you because i'm scared that by the time i look up you'll all be asleep this is 10 verses so that kind of qualifies as a long passage but I really want to read this to you, so can you just endure the word for a moment and just kind of, just, just block everything out and say, I'm not going to, I, I know that there's something in the enemy does to us that just wants to make us go to sleep when we hear the word, but when the spirit of God is in you, t- let, let, t- tap into that and say, God, I need to hear your word, I need to be enriched by it, I need to feed on it this morning, amen? So here it is, Isaiah 35, it goes like this, it says, The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it and the majesty of Carmel and Sharon They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Listen. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool. And the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunts of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And the highway shall be there. And it shall be called the way of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. And even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness, and joy, and sorrow, and sighing shall Flee away. Amen. Can we bless the Word of the Lord this morning? See, Isaiah is talking about, he's referencing three different times. And it's one, it's a time that was happening. (coughs) Two, it's a time that was going to happen when the Word was going to become flesh and walk the ground. And three, it's a time... A future time in heaven when when we're talking about paradise. Amen? And so using the pictures of this chapter, it's as if we come to God barren and dry, blind and deaf, weak and crippled. And then the miraculous power of God comes to change us, to heal us, to provide for us. And He then makes a highway of holiness that only the transformed can walk on. Amen? Amen? And so in celebrating 5 years of this ministry that God has given us what I want to do today I want to illustrate this passage for you this morning using the best illustrations available living ones Amen So those that have been nervous and haven't been haven't slept last night just start to get ready Verse 2 says, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of God. So strengthen the weak hands and make, make the firm, the feeble knees. This passage could refer to those who have been worn down. Come on up. Those that have been kind of um, burnt out. Those that, that haven't been um, encouraged. Those that have been struggling. That perhaps they've just grown weary.
3: Good morning, church. My name is Sarah. I'm so nervous. (laughs) Um, Before I start, I have to always read this to myself because my name means a princess. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my strength in whom I trust. I wanna tell you a little bit about myself. Um, Here stands a girl that was Physically, mentally, and sexually abused. And I know that I come from a family that had a generational curse. And I remember when I was nine years old, I sat in my mom's living room and I said, Lord, when I have children and when I grow up, I don't wanna be like my family. At nine years old, God listened to a little girl named Sarah. And I grew up messed up as a teenager, angry, wanting to be a people pleaser, because that's what they showed me to please, whoever they want, however I could. And I lived a life of recklessness, anger. But I remember one day, God brought me back to that little girl and said, you said you didn't want to grow up like that. You didn't want to be like that. And I said, who's speaking to me? And every time I try to do drugs or drink, the Lord will remember me, remind me. You said you didn't want to be like that. You didn't want to do what your family did. You said that you didn't want to be like that. So I'm holding you to your word. Um, all my life, I felt like the little girl was looking for approval from mom, from dad, I never got it. I was told I wasn't good enough, that I was in the way, why was I born? And I have forgive my parents, especially my mom. It's been hard. But I come here redeemed today. Yeah. Yeah. Transform and changed. And God never let that nine-year-old girl's word go to waste. He always remembers me. You said you didn't want to do that. You didn't want to be like that. So I'm holding you to that word. And somebody gave me something that I want to read to you because I don't have a good relationship with my parents. Somebody gave me this little thing that I carry with me all the time. It says, daughter, we have an invisible bond." of love and understanding between us, that grows stronger every day. I am so proud to have a wonderful daughter like you. And my dad redeemed me, and he's become my mom and my dad. And here is a miracle, because I have three children, and I promised at nine years old that I wasn't going to do the same thing. And he held me on that word because they never had to experience what I experienced as a child. God bless you.
2: And that's why we exist as a church. That's why we're here to encourage, to strengthen, to to get the redeemed ready. And, and, and send them into ministry. Amen? Verse 4 says, Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong. Fear not. And so sometimes, see, for many reasons, people are just afraid to step out into what God has given them. Sometimes for, for many reasons, people don't step into their purpose, either because maybe they haven't been trained, or they haven't been encouraged or they haven't even maybe been allowed to because of where they came from or sometimes even because of the way they look and so sometimes after dealing with so many people not accepting us we even struggle accepting ourselves God says be strong and fear not
1: what's going on everybody Um. I guess I'll start off by saying wh- where I came from and how I came to, to even get to this point where I am today. Um, I was actually, believe it or not, I grew up in, in most of my life in church and maybe once in a blue kind of strayed away a little bit, but where I came from was a, a place that was a lot more st- structured and not so much the way they serve God, but the way you had to look to serve God. You know what I mean? If if you understand, a lot of us came from that, you know, um, from that kind of place. A lot of us who know church, know church to be suit and tie type thing. You know what I mean? Um, And so that's where I I came from. Um, So when coming to the sanctuary, uh, I guess I sought after something different because I was at that point at my most broken and most weakest spiritually. And I had probably not had, I probably wasn't at, I hadn't gone to church for about two months at that point. Visited church, and um, but at the same time, I was still in ministry. I was still ministering with Double Edge. I was still going out. We were still going away, and and stuff like that. And I found myself getting weaker and weaker because a lot of us, a lot, you know, you may not understand ministry in this form, but you know, it's kind of like a, it's like a cup of water. You know, you when you minister, you come, you pour out. You know what I mean? But you gotta fill up, or else you got nothing to give anymore. You know what I mean? So when I wasn't receiving any word, that's when I knew. I, I, I'm not happy. I need to go somewhere. And when I got to the sanctuary, probably a lot like a lot of you, I was kind of like taken back, like, man, this place is crazy. I don't know if I can do this.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. This yeah.
1: And I was like, what? You know, so what would I look like? So I was like, this place is crazy. Now, at that point, I was. that was, I think, the second or third service. This was the first service in the first building. This was, right? And I had missed the first service because I was away with Double Edge. And um, so I'm there and, you know, drink, drinking coffee and stuff like that, people getting up. And and all that stuff to me, because I was in such a structured place, was crazy, you know. And I'm like, man, this is beyond what church should be like. This is not right. And then Pastor George started speaking and slowly started, it started breaking me down. And as I, when I made that decision, which wound up being about a week or two later to f- commit myself to the church and, You know, I excused myself from the church that I was going to and and, and started, you know, over here. As Pastor George mentioned, he had to start giving us uh, home groups and stuff like that. Really what it was about was building us up after being broken down so much. And for me personally, what you see today and a lot of what you are thinking today and and up until yesterday, I didn't even know that it was that serious. I found out some really crazy news that a lot of people probably... Maybe left the church because of me, or didn't like, didn't maybe want to see me up here because of the way I look. Well, here's what's probably going to blow your mind. I feel the same way you do, and I felt the same way you do. I should say. See, I didn't want to come into ministry because of the way I look. I didn't want to continue my ministry. Yet, what did I say? Did I say I grew? I just became a Christian last year? No, I said I grew up in church. Right. So I was, as that verse says, some of you know, I was trained. You know, what Pastor was saying. I was trained and I was ready, but I, or rather, I was trained, but I wasn't ready. And it was a lot because of my inner kind of stuff, because of what people were saying to me, you know. I had to, when when, when, go, when ministering at, at at some other places, I had to take off my earrings. I had to put long sleeves, no matter how hot it was. You know what I mean? I had to wear a tie. I had to wear slacks. I had to wear shoes. I had to comb my hair down. I had a very long hair at the time, as some of you saw in the pictures. <laughs> And I had to put it in a real, real tight bun. You know what I mean? I wasn't allowed to wear it loose. Um, A lot of that stuff, you know, when you think, I'm a strong kind of person, but after a while, it started breaking me down and breaking me down. And what happened was, it wasn't about, it it was almost like I started believing that that was the only way I can serve. And I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I was literally fed up and tired when I got here. And Pastor George tried to throw me in or or Pastor Sal and say, yo, come up, do worship with us. I was like, nah. You know, I don't feel like it. I just don't want to deal with the whole nonsense of the whole tattoo stuff. Or Pastor George, come up and, you know, pray for this. Or, but no, I don't want to deal with that. You know, and he can attest. I would say no to a lot of stuff. Because not that I wasn't necessarily willing. I just wasn't, I didn't want to deal with it. I wasn't ready. You know, the, and then that restoration process started happening where Pastor George had to say, you know, well, I don't care. God doesn't care what you look like. It's your ministry. God wants to use you and use you and use you and use you. Today I can honestly stand here as a restored person and come up here and say, you know what, this may sound kind of crazy and I hope y'all don't walk out of here, please God. <laughs> but I don't care what you think. <laughs> but let's be real, let's be real. I may look a certain way, but a lot of us in here are messed, are ugly on the inside. You know what I'm saying? We got on, a lot of stuff. On. So... <laughs> A lot of people come at me because my stuff is visible, you know what I mean? But I'll end with this. Ask me about my tattoos, and I'll tell you about Christ. Not one thing on my body represents anything else but God's love. Feel me? (laughs) So before you go, (laughs) wha-pow! God already died on that cross. I don't need that whipping, you know what I'm saying? But yo, ask me, guys. Don't be afraid. I know a lot of people... I didn't know. I didn't know so many people had such an issue with it. Now I feel like, now I'm sorry, papá. Bueno, I'll see you later. Get out the door. And I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep. God is using me, man. I never, been, I never felt more comfortable in a church, Amen. more at ease, and I've never been more used in any other place in my whole entire life. And I've been, I, I've been in a lot of. I, I've been in ministry for a long time. Man, since I was five years old, you know. And God has been using me seriously since I was 14 years old in worship teams, preachings, youth ministry, youth leadership. And I just can't believe the freedom that I have, not necessarily here, but just in God because of what was, you know, spoken into me. So it's like once you have that knowledge, no matter where you are, then you can just allow God to use you. It's no wall blocking you from, you know what I mean, from you to God. It's an amazing thing. So
2: that's it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Verse 5 says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. And I love passages like this. Because they they refer to people having their eyes opened to the gospel. They refer, you know, to, to a time when God calls people and they respond with open ears and hearts and they have their eyes open for the very first time to see God in all of His splendor. And when this really happens, those lives will never be the same again.
5: Amen. Amen. Hi, I'm Daisy. Um <laughs> Well, I came to Sanctuary Fellowship, not at this church, at the other location, up the long steps. Um, And I was introduced to this through my husband, who at that time was my boyfriend. And he was a Christian, and he was good, and I wasn't. And he kept saying, come, come. And I said, well, I really like him, so let me just go one time, but I'm not gonna go again. And if they start doing all that crazy stuff, like the screaming and the jumping, I'm out. I really did, in my head. And when I go, that's what happened. But I didn't leave because it was like chairs and it was so comfortable and people were young and here's this nice looking pastor and everyone's dressed cool and no one has long hair and hairy legs. I was like, wow, this is really okay for me. I I said it, I'm sorry, I know, that's me. But, um, (laughs) right, so I was like, okay. And then I said, okay, I'll go another time when I don't have to work. And I went another time and Sal was singing and I think Danny at the time was there with his shoes off and I'm like, oh, this is really crazy. But anyway, I jumped in and I kept going and I kept wanting to be with this boy who was really cute and good and I wanted to be. So I started to be good and I stopped smoking and drinking and clubbing because of my now husband. Um, But then we started coming here. We stopped for a while because I became pregnant and we had that shame of, you know, not doing things in the right order. But then we came here the first time on New Year's Eve, first time here, and everyone just loved on us so much and we just kept coming and I kept diving in and diving in and diving in. But honestly, to be honest, I can't lie to you guys, I never got that I want to throw myself on the floor feeling or I couldn't hear what everyone said or I hear God and I hear and God told me and I'm like, but why not me? I gave up that life, I'm living for you, I'm doing good, I'm raising my kids, why not me, why not? And the calling, and Pastor George, you know, you're calling, and I'm like, I have no calling. I can't sing, I dance, but not to, like, you know, do it in front of everybody. I can't, you know, I don't get prophetic, I don't have this, I don't have that. What can I do? I have nothing. And then I went through a tough pregnancy with my second son, and you guys all saw the dedication. And I said, okay, like show me a way that I can, I dedicated my kids to you, my life to you, how can I? And that was just always on my heart. And then one morning, God woke me up. And he woke me up, because I don't wake up early unless the baby's crying. And I just woke up and I'm like, to myself in my house alone, the kids sleeping, and I look at my son in the bassinet, he was about a month old, and I just started crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? And I'm just so happy that my kids are here alive and healthy and my husband's at work and I'm alone. And I said, okay, okay, and I'm sitting here, and I'm sitting here, and then I started hearing, started hearing, you know, you were a vessel, you were empty, you've been filled, now pour out and fill where there's emptiness. I don't talk like that. <laughs> I really don't. And I don't I read the Bible now, but at the time it's not like it's something that I remember, but it just kept playing on my mind and I signed on the Facebook, like, Woo, I'm losing it and I'm going watching T V, but it just it got louder in my ear and it just kept saying, You are a vessel, you were empty, you're full, pour out where there's emptiness. And I just knew that I had to walk out. I had to go. I had to do more. I had to volunteer. I had to take care. I just had to dance. And when I came to church the next time and the worship music came on and I was always nervous, like, don't get too loud. Don't get too crazy. I had to go. And I came and I cried and I jumped and I danced and I danced the way that I never danced before. And I started hearing him and I started talking to God and I didn't care who was around me. And the way blind, like I saw the presence of God here. I saw the presence of God in my kids. I saw it in people in the street that I want to now say, do you know Jesus? And that's not like me. I'm not, I'm sociable but not too friendly, you know? So I now want to tell strangers. That doesn't make sense, but it does if you know me. But I want to tell strangers, do you know Jesus? I, and if you read my Facebook, it's always um And that's how I get through because I'm home with the kids. But even my family members, like, I had to stand so much stronger. And I became where I saw God in me. When I looked in the mirror, and I saw how I walked, and I saw my family, I saw God, and I started hearing him, and he would tell me. And I've prayed for people that that I didn't know, I didn't know the situation, and would just be like, wow, I've called friends that don't talk to in a long time, and just say, hi, how you doing, girl? I have to pray for you, and I know you're going to think it's crazy, but just give me like three minutes. And at the end of the three minutes, people are crying with me over the phone and saying, oh my God, Daisy, how did you know that? And I'm just like, God told me. You know, he told me to call you. He told me what to say as I'm speaking, as I'm praying for you. It's not versed. It's not that I sat there like, you know, I didn't know the Bon I just knew what to say, and it's him telling me. So I know that I was blind, and now I see him, and I was deaf, and now I hear him. And now that I see him and that I hear him, I have to dance for him, understand? I have to dance harder than I did at the club. I have to speak louder than I did when I spoke against him and said, Oh no, I, I believe in evolution. I now have to go and put my foot in my mouth and take it out and speak so much louder for Christ. Everywhere I go, whether it's at a barbecue, whether it's on the phone, my friends, my family who aren't saved, I just have to be that way on my Facebook. Everywhere. I, just, everywhere I go, it's times on a train, I see people looking sad and mad and I'm getting there, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting to where I wanna say, are you okay, do you need Jesus? And if you don't, take the six train to Westchester Square and there's someone else that'll minister to you. And I just love it and it's awesome. And I'm proud to be 27 and young and married with kids and know that I love Jesus Christ. And there's nothing that I can never go back. There's no going back, there's no regretting, there's no anything because I'm not blind or deaf anymore.
2: Yeah Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's why we're here, church. Verse six says, Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. And passages like that just they they refer to those that they've been equipped, they've been trained, they've been but they never been released or set free. There's people sitting in churches all over that have a call of God on their lives, that, that, that have the anointing to speak to people, that have the anointing to minister, but because of insecure leadership, they'll never be allowed a, a, a pulpit. They'll never be allowed a microphone. And so those that have been held back for, for whatever reason and now empowered to find their fit and walk in their calling, that's why we're here, man. Come on.
6: Praise God. Well, a little bit of my story is coming into a church and just so hungry for the things of God. Just so on fire. And just I just want to do everything that I, I see the disciples doing in the Bible. And you know, I just want to work miracles. I just wanna I, I just wanna see people healed. I just I just wanna preach the word and You know, certain leadership, they see that, but then they say, you know, well, God, you know, you have to, you have to uh, submit and and just come under my authority. But, you know, we need you to fit over here. You know, you're not ready for over here, but we need you to fit over there. And, you know, and I was grateful for them allowing me to be in certain places uh, to to start to grow and release, you know, what was in me. Um, But the atmosphere was basically kind of like a, a, a one-man show, and it's not like that for every place, but it was like a one-man show. You, you, you are effective here. This is where I need you, and, and you can stay there. But coming to the Sanctuary Fellowship, it was like coming under a, a, a new cloud, coming, coming to a place where it was an atmosphere of love that gave you the ability to grow out of, just like, you know, a, a seed that's in the ground and it just breaks right through the ground out and it starts to flourish. Coming to the sanctuary was like that. It was an atmosphere of love that gave me the ability to, to just be free enough. Even if I make mistakes, I can still be loved and accepted. Even if I, I went wrong ways, I can still be able to move forward again. And it was something that just totally benefited me to the point where I began to just just say okay god now here i am you know what what i want what, what you want me to do and so from that day forth i mean god began to say all right you know this is what i want you to do here and and under the pastoral staff they began to you know it's you know you got many teachers but you don't got many father fathers in the spirit but the leadership here is like fathers. I'm telling you, they they father you. They want they don't they don't they want to release you into your own destiny. And I and I, and I started to grow and grow and grow. Even to the point where you know, when in certain places they won't share pulpits with you. But a, a donkey like myself, the pastor said, you know, I want you to preach on a Sunday. I said, me? You know, well, are you sure? You positive? And so. I started to just get secure again, you know, and who I was in Christ and what God has dropped in my own spirit. And then they began to unlock it, and then I began to speak in the pulpit and jump in ministries and start release the dormant giftings and the fire that was in me. I just started to say, "All right, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord." And they weren't afraid to say, "You know, go ahead, go." As they watch you and father you, they're not afraid to say, be released and be released and be released. They're not afraid to say that because it's not about, you know, them or it's not about I'm more anointed. It's not about I'm more gifted and you can't shine more than me. You know, it's not about, you know, David killed his his, his ten thousands, and Saul kills his thousands. No, they don't care. They say, you kill your millions and I'll be satisfied because it's all for the glory of God and nothing else. So raise up, a generation and raise up a generation that the glory of the Lord may shine. And that was the motive and, and that they put me in that place and in that atmosphere to grow. And I and, and I'm still growing and I'm still loving what God is doing in me now. And God is gonna be able to do that in you now. So just reach Reach for what God is calling you to do. Reach for what God wants to do in your life and what He's dropped in your life. Everything, every every stone that the enemy has put over your wells can be removed. Just yeah. be free. This is a this is a place of freedom. He called us to free to be free. Place Amen. of freedom. Amen. So that's all I got. Amen.
2: Got Amen. Amen. Restored, redeemed, and ready. Amen. The next verse says, For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sands shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. And I love the way God brings the hungry and the thirsty to a place of refreshing. Amen? I love how, how God... Just kind of always brings those two together, man. God says, when you're hungry, you'll find me. When you seek me, you'll find me. Knock and the door will be answered. And so I, I love, there's nothing more beautiful than to see the hungry feasting and the thirsty dancing in streams of living water.
1: Come on. God
0: bless you. I'm Elsie. I hope you have some time. (laughs) But I didn't know where to start. And um, I'm just gonna start from when I was younger and how I was raised. Um, Try not to cry here. (laughs) It's not gonna work. Anyway, um, pretty much I was raised in domestic violence. Um, Raised with my mother and my brothers, and there was a lot of fighting with my father, who I found later on was a heroin addict. And he beat my mom to the point that uh, she became schizophrenic, paranoid. the point that we became homeless and I went to foster care. And I look back on my life and I said, would I be in the Lord right now if all of that would not have happened to me? Because sometimes we really need to go To a place where God, you cry out and you cry out and you finally see God helping you. And that's why I love the psalm where it says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From whence shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keep you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smit you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul the Lord will guard your going and going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. And I just remember being a child and when I was homeless, I just said, Lord, if you get me out of this, I will serve you. And I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know because I really didn't know what a Bible was. I used to go to Catholic Church, and, and I, I received the whole lot, believe it or not. <laughs> Even though people say the Catholic Church, you know, is not enough and granted, but he he showed up regardless of where I was. However, I believe that there is a growth that all of us need to have, and every church that I have gone to, God is showing me that there's growth. We gotta grow from glory to glory. We, we can't be complacent. We can't sit around saying, oh well, pastor will do that. Oh well, the deacon will do that. No, there is nowhere in the Bible that I have seen that says that, <laughs> nowhere. As a matter of fact, I believe that all of us have been put in this place for a purpose. There's a destiny and we have to fulfill it. And you don't need a title to go ahead and go lay hands on somebody. You just need the Holy Spirit and His calling to go forth and do it. In the name of Jesus, we have more power with that name than you can ever imagine. Is that you got to believe that the Holy Spirit will come forth through you and you have to believe and be confident and be bold that God wants to use you and stop listening to the past that people said you are nothing and you cannot be used. I came here, and I tell you, I was beat up. Somebody told me, oh, I see, uh, you're a diamond in the rough. but, uh, And I said, well, in my mind, I said, I'm a diamond. I just need a lot of shining every day. I got I to gotta be shined by Christ every single day. I repent before the Lord, but I'm a diamond. I forget the diamond in the rough. Forget about that you got to believe you're a diamond. You're already made, but God is shining you each and every day, making you better and better and better and better. And God has not finished. And he will never, ever stop completing what he has started in all of you. you got to believe that. And what I love here is I came. I didn't know nobody except for Sarah and a couple of people here. And I was embraced. The pulpit was given to me in a week of me showing up in this place or two. I don't even know how long. And I was like, wow, he knows the spirit. Here, they don't care, and that's what I love. You may be somebody that just comes through that door, but if the spirit of the Lord is so upon you, it doesn't matter. You could be used today. And that's what I love, and that's why I dance to the Lord now. I mean, I used to dance at home, you know, or or when there was an event. But now it's like a constant, I'm free, free, free. I am free. I don't care of who's to the left and to the right. There's no restraint. And Lord is going to use us and continue. And, you know, I've been praying. You know what I'm praying for Pentecost up in here. I I believe there's going to be a spirit that's going to be so much like the Pentecost that people are going to be filled in tongues. I remember getting filled in tongues and I had the spirit of lust upon me and he removed it. And I remember that I, I met with my husband when I first came to the Lord. I said, I would like a mate, but I was fornicating with him for two and a half years and the Holy Spirit came upon me. And for two and a half years, we didn't do nothing until we
2: got married. Okay? Come on. Come on. on. Wow. Go ahead.
0: Don't tell me that the Holy Spirit ain't real. I cannot tell you right now. He is real.
2: Amen. He will
0: remove anything that's upon you. And you got to want it, though. Listen, I have to say it. It's it's just I had to say it. But all I know is that the Holy Spirit is just awesome. And you, you know, when I came here, I, I was telling Pastor, I had dreams after dreams of being here in a little room, and I was flying, literally flying from one side of the room to another. And now I know why, because the Holy Spirit was Amen. so. Here that day. And then I was in that room in the prophetic. I said, this is the room I had a dream of. Oh, And Pastor Gary just embraced me and I thank you. And he even got somebody in the choir to serenade me in the Lord. And I said, okay, this is why I was flying and flying and flying. Praise God. I just want to thank God for this place that has brought me to another level. Even though I've only been here since. Valentine's Day, okay? But all I could tell you is I've been in the Lord for over 15 years and hasn't been easy. Right. But God has shown me one of the biggest lessons and the hardest in my life was to forgive. That's good. That's good. A lot of the pain and the suffering I was going through and the, the lack of peace is because I started to forgive my father, and my mother. Wow. The one that sexually abused me. The one, I mean, people that I would never, ever think. Mm-hmm. But forgiveness is a tough lesson. Oh, yeah. But it will free you. Yeah, and amen. you know, that peace that surpasses all understanding will truly, truly be upon you. And I, I, I challenge you to forgive regardless of the situation. Regardless, we could we could justify everything. We could justify every single thing that, that comes into our lives. But God is able. Amen. God is able.
2: Amen. 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 Whoa. You okay there, Rich? <laughs> that's real no that's real that's real and 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 listen i believe people need to hear that i believe people need to hear that 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 when god tells you something you can stop and you can go forward and do what god calls you to do amen amen verse 8 says and the highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness And the unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. And I love that God promises that those that walk with Him, He'll lead. God promises that that those that choose the path, the way of holiness, He'll lead them. He'll watch over them. They'll be safe on this path. And the awesome thing is you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to get it all right. But when you say, God, I'm on that path, God will lead and get get you ready, get you redeemed. Come on. Answer your prayers.
7: Woo. I, I, I'm nervous sorry um I don't even know where to begin well most of you know well some of you know my testimony but um I have a lot of them but one in particular that I got really answered was um a few years ago well, a couple of years ago me and my husband were trying to get pregnant and um and um we couldn't and um we went to a specialist and um We did in vitro. We did um, the other one. I don't remember what it's called. Um, And everything fell into place because God provided financially because they were expensive medicine. But it fell through. And I struggled. I struggled for many years asking God, why? Why haven't you answered me? Why can't you just do this one thing? You know, I've done everything. I've been, you know, serving you for years. You know, mind you, I've been a Christian all my life since I was a little girl. And I just didn't understand God. I couldn't get it. And then, you know, the last one, I think it was my last treatment, was in vitro. And I said, All right, God, this is it. I'm, gonna, this is, I'm, I'm having faith. You're going to bless me. You're going to bless me. And it failed. You know, one year ago, August, a week, I think, after my birthday. And I was devastated. And I was like, oh my God, how can you do this? And I struggled. And I had some women pray for me because I needed family. I needed women that would stand with me when I couldn't hold on anymore. And I said, all right, God, if this is not the time, if this is not your will right now, then you know what? I'm just going to have to rest on you. And just, just wait. And just wait until you answer me. So that's what we did. And I still can't believe it, even though I'm like seven months pregnant now. <laughs> but um, you know, you know, I started my own business. Come January, I became this instructor, um, and a Zumba instructor. You know, I really lost weight. I was, you know, I had my mindset. Everything was going. I had a group of women that wanted to join, and everything was going great. And then all of a sudden, I started getting sick, and I was just like, what? what is going on? What am I getting sick? And I didn't understand. So I had to go to work. I worked at Mandy's and I was one of the girls that lifted heavy, heavy stuff. And um, it was funny because something told me, go take a pregnancy test. And I was just like, nah, I ain't going to do that. I was like, I'm not even going to bother. But something kept saying, go, go. So I went. I think it was a Monday and I had called Sandy. Um, And... It was funny because I was getting, (laughs) I took the test and it looked negative. And then I was like, I knew it, but I'm still trusting God. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna doubt you. I'm not, I'm just gonna believe, I'm gonna believe. And, you know, I'm getting ready to work and something told me, look again. And I was just like, seriously? I was like, all right. So I looked and it was positive and I was just like, nah, I need to take another one, perate, you know, so I called Louie, and I, and I called Sandy, and I was like, Sandy, is this right, and Sandy was like, oh, mama, yeah, it is right, and I was just like, no, it's not, can't be, so I went to work, I didn't do anything at work, because I just couldn't really, I couldn't function, I couldn't get it together, I took another one when I came home, and I went to my sister's, and they both looked at me like if I was crazy, because even, you know, Stacy was just like, no, I can't believe it. It's been four years since I've been trying to get pregnant. So you would imagine like, hmm, nah. And when I went to the doctor and when I saw the sonogram for the first time, I couldn't really, really believe it. Yeah. God answered my prayer.
2: Yeah.
7: And I had women praying for me. And I had a group of women, a small one, because I'm very private. I'm really to myself. But these women pray for me and... They held me up, and they, they come for me when I needed it. And to top it off, two years ago, I was a teacher at YCA, and a little boy named Caleb, which is Mo's son. I stayed over Mo's house. We had a breakfast the next day. And he went to his mom, and he said, Mommy, I want to give this to Mrs. Sandoval, which is my last name. And she was like, Are you sure? And he was like, Yeah, Mommy, I, I really, really want to. And she was like, All right, honey, go ahead. So he came to me. And he was saying, Mrs. Sandoval, I want to give you this. So when I looked down, it was the letter C, which I told, you know, which God put in a dream for me and told Louis this is the, the, the letter of the child. And when I looked at it, I started to cry because I couldn't believe it. I kept saying, no, no, it's never going to happen, so forget about it. But then now I look at it and I'm like, this little boy prophesied to me. This little boy gave me the letter C, yeah. and my son is going to be named Christian Jaden. So to yeah. top it off, it was just like, wow, you know, a man after his own heart. So, you know, being here for five years, I can say that Georgia and Michelle have really embraced me. And the church, the women, you know, when you come to prayer on Wednesdays, oh, man, the feeling that you get when everybody embraces you and just love on you and just pray with you and stand by you when you can't. They do it for you. They Amen. hand, win hands with you. So it's like, Amen. wow, God is amazing. So I'm blessed and highly favored. I can Amen. say that now. Amen.
4: Bring
2: her. <laughs> Thank
4: you. <I'm> yeah. <laughs>
5: Hi,
8: everybody. I'm Angelica, um, oh my god, um, (laughs) uh, okay, I'm not gonna use that. Um, well, I've been coming here since we had the little hole in the wall in St. Lawrence, yeah, and, like, I came, because my sister came, she left, she left the other church, so she came to this church, and then I didn't want to stay in that church by myself, so, I came with my sister, and when I came, there was like couches, and like chairs, it wasn't even pubes, like, oh, not pubes, Pews. I'm sorry, <laughs> Pews. it was just like chairs, and it was a really comfortable place, so I was like, okay, I'm going to start coming here, I didn't want to go to that church anymore, so I started coming here, and then, um, Like, it was weird because y'all always said ohana, like, from Lindo and Stitch or whatever, that is family. And I never really, like, I have my mom and my stepfather and my sister, but I never really had, like, a whole, like, big, huge family. So as the church grew and as we moved here, I felt loved, and I I didn't, like, necessarily want to be loved or whatever, like, I always felt like I was loved, but I didn't like it, so whatever. Um, Like, a year went on, and then I became pregnant. I was 16, and then, like, I was like, oh, God, no one's going to love me. No one's going to care for me. No one's going to care for my kid. But then I was like, whatever, I'm going to do this. I have to do this. There's no other option because I found out when I was six months, So there was nothing else I could do, not that I wanted to do anything. So as my pregnancy went on, um, I didn't feel anything towards my baby. Like I was happy or whatever, but I didn't necessarily feel like the love and the, the motherness or the motherhood that you're supposed to feel for your child. And I necessarily didn't care. Like I didn't want to love like I just was upset with myself because I felt like I had nothing like this is it this is my last stop like I have no future now but oh, man I'm nervous but um yeah so on a Wednesday I came my sister and I we came on Wednesday and it was the prayer thing and then um like I was sitting all the way in the back and everybody was up here and then I was like and it was about to be over and then I was like wait can you guys pray for me real quick and then I just like poured it out to everybody. I was like, I don't feel like I love my kid and like I know I might seem like a bad person or a bad mother, but I don't feel like I love her. But and then you guys prayed for me and loved on me. (laughs) But everybody like loved on me and cared and every time my baby was sick, everybody prayed for her. And I was really happy because like, this is my family, my family. And even though my daughter doesn't have a father, she has many men in this church who would love on her and embrace her. And that's something very important to me because yes, I have a father, but I don't have one right now, but he'll come soon. And um, it's very important for me, for her to have, like, a guy figure around her. And I thank Lou and Pastor George and Veronica for loving on me and caring when I didn't want to. And voicing me to love and to care. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you, mama. Good job. Good job. Good job. Wow. Living illustrations. Amen. Did you know we're, the, the church isn't here to judge people? Did you, did you know that? That we're not here to judge, to point out everything people done wrong. We have enough stuff that we've done wrong. There's enough people telling us what we did wrong. We're here to love people and that should be the difference between the church and, and, and the world. Amen. Amen. We're almost done. It says, No lion shall be found there. No ravenous beast shall come upon it. It says, The redeemed shall walk there. Come on, G.
4: Yeah. Well, since we're getting real. Uh, let me tell you the place where I was before I started coming to this church. And we're not saying this is the, be- be- the better than any other church. We're not saying this is a perfect church. But just in my experience in getting real, after, <laughs> even after years of ministry, Jesus, before Jesus, I started coming you. here, I didn't care if I never walked into another church again. I didn't care... If I never gathered with the people of God again. I had nothing against God every day. I came to God and worshipped him. But so many years of ravenous beasts, just like the scripture said, and lions. Because guess what those things represent? It represents people. Animals, for the most part in the scripture, represent people. And it's one thing out in the world to get beat up. It's one thing to go out there in the workplace and and the enemy's coming against you and there are people speaking about you and gossiping and lying. But in my years of church experience, there was too much of those ravenous beasts, too many of those lions. And guess what the lions do? They tear with their teeth. You see, church is supposed to be a safe place. A church is supposed to be a place where you can be open and real and transparent. It's not a place to come, and like Isaiah 58 says, to have against you the pointing finger and the malicious talk. It's not a place to have angry leadership where no matter what you do, it's never good enough where it's controlling and manipulating. And I just thank God for this church because I came to a place where I look forward to going to be with the people of God again. God has used this church to bring restoration in my life. Because again, I'm not saying we're perfect, but in these years I've been here, I haven't experienced that pointing finger and the malicious talk. People have not took the word of God and used it as a club to hit me over the head with. I've never come to a place where I had to be afraid that leadership was calling me because they were angry or I was going to get beat up. So I just want to acknowledge that in this church with that scripture. I just thank God that the lions and the beasts are not allowed to run free in this place. And if you ever meet any of them, you send them to me. If anyone ever comes to you and says, I, just, I got some juicy gossip, that's why we got those big ushers standing by the door. We'll throw you out in a heartbeat. Because we're not going to tolerate on, those ravenous beasts anymore. So I just want to thank Pastor George, even on this day of the anniversary, for creating an environment where I'll speak for me personally, where I don't have to be afraid to fail, where I can step out, I can fall on my face, and there's nobody angry, getting ready to say, How dare you? So I just want to thank God for this church and what it's done in my life. Amen. 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 Amen.
2: So listen, the very last verse. Verse 10 says, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. It says, the ransomed shall return and come with singing. Well, who are the ransomed? I'm so glad you asked. Let me give you a definition of ransom. Ransom is the sum of money or other payment demanded or paid for the release of a prisoner. So it stands to reason that the ransomed are those who have been prisoners, those who have been captives, but have now been paid for. Somebody should get excited. The the ransomed are those for whom the price has been paid. See, when the price is paid, the captives are set free. Listen, I will never get tired of saying this, and you should never get tired of hearing this, but every one of us standing here has fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. No one here stands, thinks they're any better than any of you sitting. The wages of sin, the Word says, are death. And, and the price for our redemption requires a perfect sacrifice. The ransom for our freedom is the blood of the sinless lamb. The spotless sacrifice. And so there's nothing any one of us can do to achieve it or earn it on our own. We can try to be good. We can try to have our good outweigh our bad. But the truth is we all need to be restored. Amen? The truth is we all need restoration. But the the problem with that is that restoration comes with a price. And God from the beginning of time planned a restoration project even before we were on this earth a day and got it all messed up. God, who created us in His image, loved us so much that even before we messed up, He had a plan to restore us. Amen? And listen, restoring the the eyes of someone that has for years and years layers of mistrust covering over them takes work. Opening up ears that have been void and deaf to anything good and have a hardened thick layer of doubt and despair over them, it takes work. Restoring the lame, people that have never been able to step out in faith or been allowed to, that takes work. Getting them to dance is no small thing, amen? And, and taking a spiritual mute, someone that has never had anything good to say or that has never sung a love song to his creator. And getting that mouth to stop gossiping and start praying and praising God takes work. But church, that's why we exist. That's why we're here. Restoration costs something, but God has already paid the price. And so here it is, I want to challenge you today to get on that road to restoration to get on that way of holiness. And listen to me, if you've never done it before, the, the challenge is today. I believe there's not another day to waste, there's not a moment, another moment. This can't be about just an anniversary today, this has to be about the Gospel. It has to be about how God paid the ransom so that every single one of us can be free. And so we're leaving it at that, amen? If, if <coughs> If you're a captive, if you, if you feel, man, your eyes are closed, I don't understand what these stories are. I don't understand what these feelings are. I don't understand what it is to, to be loved or to be accepted. I don't understand what it is to hear from God. If, if, if that's you, I just challenge you today to get on the road to redemption, the road to restoration. God calls it the way of holiness. And to those of you, listen, There's ma- maybe the majority of us, we're on that road already. Here, here's a reminder and a promise. The Word says it's impossible to get lost on this road. It says everywhere you go, God is there. I love the verse that says even fools can get lost here. Amen. Tell that person next to you there's hope for you, brother. <laughs> Everywhere you go on this road, God is saying, I'm with you, and I'll always give you direction. I'll always lead you. Those stories that you heard, living illustrations, are just confirmation and promise that the Spirit of God is real, that He's working through people, that He's working through us, and that we have something to do, amen? Would you stand with me before we leave today? I'm going to ask these if you would go and stand here in front. And I want to challenge you before you leave. I don't I don't believe you can ever hear so much testimony and so much word without having a challenge. I want to challenge you today if if God is if you heard your story in one of these lives and it may be something where you're still waiting you're still waiting on that promise. You're still trying to see something happen. You're still trying to get to the place where maybe some of these are today. Would you just come? Would you come forward? Would you lay everything aside and just say, God, I'm I, I just going to come forward. I just I just want to get on the road. I want to know that I'm on this road to holiness. Come on, just come. Get out your seats and come. Let, let this be the last moments of the, of the day today. Let, Let's do something so powerful. And if you're one of those that you're already on this road, man, I made a decision to serve God a long time ago. I've been at it. I've been falling. I've been at it. I've been falling. I've been at it. But God, I, I thank you, God, that, that you, you've kept me. But, 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 but you just want to solidify something today. Come on, just come and stand with us. Because there's nobody here better than you. And there's promise and there's destiny and there's power and there's restoration and there's greatness in you. And we just want to be here as a church for another 50 years to release it, to to redeem it, and to get it ready so God can use it. So come as we worship together. Come and be prayed for. Come and be restored. Go ahead. Welcome home to the sanctuary.